VGK falls to the Sharks for the second time in the preseason. It was a two to nothing game last night at T-Mobile Arena. Wake up, Chris Golick. We recap the game. We talk about position battles right after this on Locked On Golden Knights. Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Find us wherever you get your podcast, and please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Locked On Golden Knights. VGK losing a physical game last night, Chris, two to nothing to the Sharks. Nothing happened on offense, so let's focus on the goaltenders first. It was so, oh my goodness, I felt bad for you up there in the press box. Uh, I, I don't feel that you could evaluate really anything last night other than the goaltenders. Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson played pretty well, each of those uh, two goalies. Uh, Hill stopping 14 of 15 shots, I believe, last night. Um, and he got uh, that one save last night where he loses his stick and then has the kick save, and I thought he did pretty well while he was in there. And uh, beaten on the sensational play uh, from William Eklund. My nice. goodness, what a pass uh, to Thomas uh, Bordalo. And Leighton Ahak, we're going to call him out because he was in poor position. Did you see his... Um... Uh, it's not money puck, uh, like the game report that shows like how each player did. Ahex did. was as far to the left as you can possibly get. So, so yes, on that graphic that we saw last night, uh, there was as bad as it gets. Like even your top players were not good. And then Jacob McDonald beat uh, Thompson uh, from the point on a play that I believe, and well, Bruce Cassidy said after the game he thought it was. Uh, a deflection play, but uh, evaluate the goaltenders. And I still say Aiden Hill has the leg up. I never time my coffee drinks perfectly with you. I'm, we're, we're out of sync right now. Uh, the goalies were fine last night. No, I um, do that intentionally. Fair enough. If, if I'm going to offer any type of criticism surrounding the goalies, it's not the goalies, but I felt, and especially in particular, they were way too much in Aiden Hill's grill last night. So um, there's a couple of times where, Players were just kind of swarming the net a little bit, and it would have been nice to see VGK clean some of that junk up. That's not a shot at the Sharks, just when players are in the crease, that area needs to be protected, and it's preseason. If you're, it's, it's okay to take a bad penalty if you're going to rough someone up for entering the goalie's crease. No one's going to get mad about that in the preseason, so that was something that bothered me a little bit upstairs in the box. As far as the performance goes, both goaltenders were fine. Um, Aiden Hill was funny. Uh, he lost the stick, obviously. Great save. The very next sequence, um, Pahal is skating by. And I don't know if it was Pahal got a little too close or if Aiden Hill was just irresponsible with his goalie stick, but he lost it again. And you see Aiden Hill just throw up his hands. He's like, after it happened, I don't know if the cameras caught that or not, but it was a pretty funny moment. I, I was hoping we were going to get to talk to Aiden after the game and could have busted his chops a little bit about that, but we didn't. Um, Logan Thompson, I mean, yeah, deflection screen. So many things happened on the goal that he gave up, and 
back to the Eklund goal. So I caught a, a great replay this morning that I put out on social media uh, from the San Jose Sharks side. Eklund doesn't even look at Bordalo prior to making the pass. He's like looking off into the corner, not in a danger area. And I think Ahak possibly saw that and just gave up for a split second. And you see how fast things can happen in the NHL. And Eklund's going to be a special player, I think. He's going to wind yeah. up being a thorn in the sides of the Golden Knights for a long time. But goaltenders, fine. I think they're both ready to go. And I think they both wish it was already uh, next Tuesday when the banner – well, this Tuesday now when the banner's going to get raised. So for the final two games, do you play the two goaltenders? Do you give them each one game? Or will you split the time? Or you, will you bring up the other guy? Because uh, Thursday night appears to be the dress rehearsal game. And then you want your players rested. Thursday night, they'll roll the top four lines and all of that. And then I think Hill will be in net, at least for starters. But do you split them up or do you give them a full game? You got two options. Um, you can do exactly what Bruce Cassidy did on Tuesday night. Maybe this time you start with Logan and then uh, defer to Aiden halfway through. And then Saturday, just give Patera the game and have whoever back up just in case uh, there's some type of injury. I almost like that as the better option. I mean, they both, both goalies, Hill and Thompson, they've had an entire summer to get back into game shape. They've had the captain skates they've had a pretty good training camp and you know you see the effort these guys are having and i don't think the battle between aiden hill and logan thompson is getting enough attention and when i say battle they're not competing for a roster spot they're not really competing to be the starter but i think there's the friendship there and they're competing to better one another which really is the best kind of competition you can have because they don't have the stress lingering over of oh my goodness i'm you know, I'm going to be the backup goalie if I don't steal his job or anything like that. And that's not the case with Logan and Aiden. So it's going to be a real healthy battle, as both goalies have alluded to um, throughout the offseason. It's going to be fun to watch, and I really hope they can stay healthy. And, I mean, I think the over-under for both goalies right now is probably uh, 41 and a half starts with uh, maybe Aiden Hill getting uh, – getting a minus 120 and Logan Thompson being one, you know, even money to get more starts. And really, I think it more or less depends on the health at this point. Uh, the first intermission, they had Aiden Hill on as the guest, which was oh, kind of funny. Goes. Yeah, it was pretty funny. No, he's really loose and uh, said that he feels great. And no, he was he was terrific. Uh, yeah, that you'll, was you'll the, never uh, get the goalies in the regular season doing that intermission. You will no, never get he said a goalie. No. He, I thought that was said, actually kind of cool that Aiden did it. <laughs> He said, no way. Uh, it's kind of, he said, an unspoken rule that goaltenders don't go, you know, on. Oh, he said that? I didn't even know that. Yeah. I was just, yeah, I was just yes in there. Nice. Okay. Um, and, yeah, it was the hockey stat card that we saw that had, you know, you, you have all of these players yeah. who excel with uh, the blue colors to the left on your graph. And everyone was to the right of the line. And then on the bottom was Leighton Ahak. Oh, my goodness. He was not having Have a you good seen night. totally unrelated? Connor Bedard always is, like, perfect in his first two report cards. It's crazy. Oh first three goodness. report cards. He's going to be yeah, it's going to be fun. Dude's going to be fun. How many, how many points do you think, realistically? Over 80 know. and a half? What, did, what was the number? I forgot. We they had, had an arguments. astronomical number, right, for, for goals on him. There was a bunch of us. I think it was Ryan Wallace. I think Jesse was up there and Ken from Sinbin. Everyone, we were just talking 
during one of the opening days at camp about what a good season would be. I said, the guy gets 60 points, 30 goals. I think that's fine. And I got blasted by him basically <laughs> saying that, you know, comparing Austin Matthews first year and stuff like that and how he went. It wasn't a blast like they you know, were mad or anything. Just they felt that Bedard should be in, I think, where you said about that 80-point range, which is really where they need him to be in Chicago, which I think that's a tall that's a tall task. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm not saying he can't get 100 points. I'm not saying he can't get 60 points. I don't know what he's going to do, but – for me, I felt 60-65 is a good start to his career, but it seems like 80 points is like this real this magical number where the hockey world wants him to be, and I'm fine with that. Over under on the number of times, the amount of times that reporters step on the logo this upcoming season, and he has that sourpuss face. You know, don't some some teams even like I thought stanching off the logo in the locker rooms. I you know, know, with the with the Raiders, you have to do push-ups if you step on the logo. Does that include media members? Oh no, it's yeah, it's media members. Oh yeah, no, it was a big deal when they first opened up the locker. In other news, I'm never going to cover a Raiders game. No, you're not allowed. I'm not allowed at VGK. You're not allowed at Raider games. Okay, so Gage Quinney, I think, had the best two chances. Oh my God, there weren't very many chances. Um, yeah, Quinny had a really good chance. Really good chance. Yeah, he should have been graded at the at the top. I felt, uh, and he just could not connect, and he couldn't uh, get the finish. Uh, what about checks last night? Uh, it was a physical game at times, and did VGK finish its checks? I the felt game? they started the game well. Uh, I asked Will Carey about that post game and. The question was, was there an extra emphasis by by Coach Cassidy on starting tonight's game, you know, a little more physical? And Carrier, you know, said, no, this is how we play. And this is the tone that we like to set. No extra emphasis. This is who we are. So, OK, fine. I'm, I'm OK with that. Um, the first couple of preseason games, you really haven't seen the hitting unless uh, someone who has been sent down on waivers is taking runs at a player like Mark Stone. Otherwise, there's not a whole lot of action out there. So good to see the physicality early in the game, but I don't think they kept it up. And I'm sure this is probably in your notes, but I'll jump the gun here. Giovanni Smith was having his way with the Golden Knights last night um, around the nets, in the corner, and it took until late in the third period for there to be a boil over from Braden Pahal, which Pahal shouldn't be the one having to do this. Pahal, you know, is technically kind of set in his ways with the team right now. I really thought Comtois missed an opportunity to just for lack of a better term, deck Giovanni Smith last night, challenge him to a fight. That would have been the best thing Comtois could have done to be noticed last night in a game where he, Brisson, Dorofiev, and even Paul Cotter were barely noticeable when they're all competing for roster spots with that, of course, in the third segment. But you know, Comtois missed an opportunity last night to at least get in the good graces of EGK fans. And, you know, at the end of the game, Pahal finally gets tired of uh, Giovanni Smith's nonsense, takes a whack at him. Friggin' Giovanni Smith just decked Pahal. He friggin' decked him and got himself yeah. uh, the gates. Yeah, he got the gate. Um, I liked Mason Morelli's uh, game, his yeah. drive. to yeah. the. I talked about him the other day. I like this guy um, who played for the Hershey Bears last year and Giovanni Smith uh, setting the tone early and often in the game. Um, <laughs> he had the roughing, uh, the roughing hit the penalty on Morelli. Uh, he hit Comtois, Paul, as you said, and Smith, they tangled in the game. 
Um, why didn't the Florida Panthers play Giovanni Smith in the Stanley Cup final? I'm it's like, fair... this guy, you know, they needed physicality. Why not? I think I mean, he was a healthy scratch, right? I don't remember exactly, but if Giovanni Smith is playing on the fourth line in preseason game number five for the San Jose Sharks, <laughs> maybe that just simply says, A, he's set in his ways, he's going to be a fourth line player, or B, you know, he's just the guy at this stage of his career. I don't know, but it would have been not a bad. I mean, listen, the Florida Panthers had plenty of, physica- plenty of physicality. They just ran out of gas, plain and simple. And Duchesne is a player that we'll see for the Sharks this upcoming season. I forgot season. about Duchesne, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, he had an Achilles Preds. injury, by the way, an Achilles injury in surgery. And that's why Shea Theodore was able to deke him out of his skates, folks. Okay, coming up next, uh, we're going to talk about Max Comtois. Maxine, where does he fit in with a VGK? Pretty interesting comments from Coach Bruce Cassidy last night. We'll get oh, to yeah. that when we return right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. When you are drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish that you could do the same thing with your business team? If you are building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you could do it all on Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's site of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. That's right, hate waiting. Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of the Indeed employees find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment that they sponsor a job. Candidates that you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to the job than candidates who only see it in the search according to U.S. Indeed data. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide in using Indeed to hire some great talent. Indeed knows when you are growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you can only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Indeed knows that hiring needs to be cost-effective, when you are running your own business, visit indeed.com slash lockdown to start hiring right now. Just go to indeed.com slash lockdown, indeed.com slash lockdown. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Welcome back, Lockdown Golden Knights from Las Vegas each and every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We surely do appreciate that. And please subscribe to the YouTube channel. That is Lockdown Golden Knights. So bad. Like, look at all that. That's the game That's report that card. Part. Yeah, the, and, the and stuff where there's more lines like on the, the left bad. side, right? The left, yeah, the left, the left side is the bad is where you don't want to be. That's uh and Jake Bischoff. He got game. smashed a few times. Yeah, he left well. the game once with an injury, came back, and yeah. And there's Connor Bedard. <laughs> there's Connor Bedard, and then right behind him, Corey Perry. How about that? Oof. <laughs> Big preseason for Corey Perry. For so Chris dollars uh, of 38, he better. Yeah. So Maxine Comtois, who's on a professional tryout contract, it doesn't appear as though Max is going to be making the NHL team. 
Uh, set it up on you spoke to Bruce Cassidy after the game and kudos to you for asking the question and just and he was more than honest and transparent with his response. So set that up for us if you can. Yeah. So the question was pretty simple. Um, it was was Comtois ever in consideration to take Riley Smith's position? Uh, obviously, we know now Cotter and Dorothea have the lead on that. And then the follow-up was, where could Comtois potentially fit in? And the first response is, well, Max is going to have to outplay guys. He doesn't have a contract. That's, I mean, we know <laughs> this, but hearing the coach just firing back there, you know, and then, he, and then and this is what's great about Cassidy. He will give you honest it's not about trying to get like a like a bait you know bait him and saying something he'll give you a very honest answer without even having to ask a whole lot so he went farther to say he's not taking barb barbie's barbie spot up there howden can move around if comtois jumps off the page he could play with stevenson and stone if he's able to finish so Cassidy tipped his hand a little bit. Um, yeah. Howden is an interchangeable piece on this roster. Not a knock on Howden, but basically saying Howden, you know, is a type of player who can, you know, he can be the fourth line center. He can go play a third line wing if necessary. If it makes sense for Comtois to take that spot and be able to finish. So it almost sounds like to me, if you're going to read between the lines of what Cassidy said, is they really wanted to see if Comtois can be the second-line winger with Stone and Stevenson, which I think is a good spot for him. We talked about that, obviously, many times uh, once the PTO was formally announced where he could possibly fit in and the potential of you know Barbashev going to that second line and Comtois going up top. Cassidy, of course, squashed that, which is fine, but we're still in the same perspective where Comtois does have that finishing ability but maybe he is not responsible enough on the defensive side of the puck to get a shot to crack the roster. Comtois hasn't necessarily had the fairest of opportunities to shine and what I mean when I say that is Brisson gets back-to-back games with Jack Eichel. Brisson's going to look good. Brisson did not play with Jack Eichel last night. He was on I believe the second line Scratch that. He was on the third line. Actually, was he, on the fr- he was on the third line, line with Dorothy Evan Quinney. So basically, oh, you had you had an AHL line last season, and that line was pretty much Gage Quinney was noticeable. No one else on that line was noticeable. No, um, you get Comtois on the line with Paul Cotter last night, which is interesting because they're having a direct competition. But we haven't had a chance to see Comtois with Eichel or or the Stevenson Stone line. Like we haven't seen that yet. It's going to be hard for Comtois to stand out when he's on the third and, you know, on lower lines with the HL players. But also, Comtois needs to do something to make himself notable in that spot. At least yeah. Paul Cotter did get a shout out last night for trying to impose his will on the game, trying to have some physicality, having some good pockets. And um, coach did mention that a little bit last night. And he said that Cotter has been playing a bunch of minutes and. For Comtois, it doesn't sound promising, to be honest. And he did nothing last night to help his cause. And you said, you know, you need to be yeah, noticed. Terrible turnover. Terrible turnover in the sec in the first period, that letter, th- third period, whatever it was, just passed it right to a shark player right in front of the net. They had got a great A chance out of it. Yeah, he seemed to be lost out there. D- wasn't in the right position very often last night. 
And as you mentioned, you need to really be noticeable. And Giovanni Smith is cracking all your players and smashing everyone. And he's and noticeable. Yeah, Giovanni Smith is noticeable the, on the fourth line. It was that in the first or the second period, though, there where Comtois and him just kind of that pushing and shoving match. And actually, Giovanni was a Smith one. Punched, punched him a couple times in the face, just quick little punches yeah. there, like Taylor yeah. Swift punches. Did you see the... Yeah, that video with her. Oh, the punches. God. Yeah, I saw that. Not very me. good. Not very. Come on, man. We she she, had, more, she had more punch than your Jets did. <laughs> we got to work on her boxing technique next. But, yeah, he didn't do anything to stand out. And that's what you apparently have to do in these preseason Hit games, somebody. regardless Hit of who you are. Hit somebody. Hit somebody. Right. That's if all you're you not going to be noticeable, at least if he's out there throwing his body around and getting the crowd going and, and again shout out to the golden knight fans good crowd last night not as good as the first couple of preseason games but once i think the lineup got leaked during the day i think that probably didn't help the cause but still the fans came out and supported and it's been the best preseason crowds i've seen uh even better than season one when no one knew what path this team was going to take so it's good to see it's good to see are they uh, spending their 22 dollars and 96 cents on beers and alcohol that's probably about what it comes out to be. I'm sure they are. I mean, that's how you got to handle these games with being medicated. So Thursday night, we're going to see regulars. And by the way, too, when VGK plays in San Jose, they have to raise the 2-0 and uh, banner there for beating VGK twice in San Jose. Between that and the Kings banner for uh, for, for hitting Mark Stone, yeah, there are going to be some banner raising ceremonies that the Golden Knights are going to be a part of. We're going to see mostly regulars, though, on Thursday night. I think so. I think I, th- I think you'll probably see three lines of regulars, two defensive lines of regulars, or something like that. So I don't know if they'll go all out, but it's going to be pretty close. So the question was answered last night as far as bringing up AHL players. And so I think yes. we see maybe Saturday night. Saturday night, you want to sort of throttle down because I think you're so. very I think close you're right. to the first game. You and might have that last regular lines. You might have a line. You might have a line like like the Golden Knights had on Tuesday night, where you do give Cotter, Dorofiev, Brisson, Comtois one last shot to make that final impression. Um, that was really the only storyline to watch coming into last night's game, and I was intrigued. I really thought you were going to see these players just trying to impose their will their will on the game, and it just didn't happen for many of them. It just I mean, Cotter at least was hitting people. I don't know if he did a whole lot else, but he was at least hitting people out there. Rassan was buried in the game. Comtois was buried in the game. Dorofiev, I thought, maybe early had a little bit of opportunity, but after that, it was just buried. And I get it. It's it's a Tuesday night. You're playing the Sharks in a preseason nothing game. But, you know, as... As Brad Marchand said, here goes. Here's a good perspective. Brad Marchand had comments. I think he about said. I think Marchand said that the VGK preseason schedule is rigged. And he's that what he, he said? Did. That was the second thing he said. No, but Marchand talked about the hit on Mark Stone, and the perspective he offered is you have players trying to steal someone's career, and I don't mean steal someone's career by injuring them. I no. mean. Brendan Brisson needs to steal someone's spot. Dorofiev needs to take someone's spot. Max Comtois is in the spot where he literally needs to steal someone's career right now. And that's just the reality of being a player without a contract October 4th on a PTO. And Comtois did not show that at all last night. At least Brisson, Dorofiev, and Cotter have a path carved off. 
But Comtois, this time next week, might be looking to get signed by somebody. Sharks. We didn't find he might. That didn't, I think, honestly, Sharks, Arizona will take him in a heartbeat. But yeah, he and wants a team where he can compete. Yeah, I think he could be a good complimentary piece somewhere. Uh, but I think what really disappointed Cassidy the most as we close the book on Comtois in this segment was the fact that Very they're looking for they're looking for some more video on Comtois to evaluate. And there was nothing. I think that's what that was part of his frustration. It had there, to be. There's nothing to evaluate from yesterday. It's not, right. it's almost a burn the tape type of game. It really is. Coming up next, you know, we really don't believe that any, as Chris alluded to, of the four players uh, trying to make the team stood out last night. But Chris tells us what he did see. And is the picture clear in the battle between Pavel, Pav? What is he called? Pav? Pav. Okay. And Doro? I'm just trying to be hip and cool. We'll tell you about the evaluation for Riley Smith's spot when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get into the action than now, folks. The app is so easy to use. They pay you right after the games, and there is a wide range of betting options, including point spreads, player props, over-unders, we call them totals here, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the National Football League. We are back on Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Don't forget, coming up on Friday, it is our feature, WTF, what the Friday. I look forward to that every week, Chris, and I like all the comments that we've been getting, and they really do pick up during the course of the season, and I hope that the fans continue to send them to us because we really enjoy that feature, WTF, each and, and I'll be Friday. I'll be jumping on the YouTube ones, too, a little bit more. I, got, I was chirping a little bit last night. Someone was... What were you talking about? Well, they're saying that they're saying that Eichel is a one-dimensional player, and it's not like a random. Interesting. I mean, okay, Duluth, you get you get a you get a WTW. What the Wednesday here? Uh, Wild Bill is the only player who can win the Selkie if they can get him back to thirty. No, come on. Yeah, I know. I got you going there. Wait, wait, wait. Did they count empty net goals in consideration for the Selkie? Well, then he then he's a shoo-in. Yeah, um, Michael is a one-dimensional, one-dimensional is capitalized, who <laughs> needs to score 40 or 50 goals and not play PK. I'd be happy to get his face-off percentages up fine. Okay. Um, the only issue, only issue that I have with Eichel right now in his current game, well, he's got to win face-offs, yes. He needs to shoot more. Please shoot. Be a little bit more selfish. That's it. You know, we saw that in the last game where Eichel played. And I thought, like, the shot selection was kind of poor. Like, he did take a couple more shots, but they're just shots where you know they're not going in, right? They're shots where the goalie has a clear look from the top of the circle, and you're not going to be an NHL goalie if they can see the puck like that too often. You Sometimes you will, but not too often. So I get the mix, but if Eichel is a point-per-game player and if he does it by getting 20 goals and 62 assists, I'm okay with that. Yeah. That left circle shot, though, is pretty much unstoppable. It can uh, be. 
Would you say that uh, Paul Cotter currently has a definitive edge over Pavel Pav Dorfeyev? They both have contracts, by the way, uh, to start in Riley Smith's old uh, spot there on the wing. Yeah, I think that. I mean, basically, Coach has alluded to that multiple times, and um, Bruce Cassidy did directly mention on, after Friday's game that Cotter and Dorothy have had the inside track. Um, you could tell it matters to Cassidy's seniority to a degree, right? Um, Cassidy has mentioned that that both those players, Cotter and Dorothy, have earned his trust. That was kind of another question that I asked when I was mentioning Brisson possibly separating himself in camp and Cassidy knocked that down right away and mentioned that Cotter and Dorothy have been here longer and he does have some of that, you know, they do have some of that coach's trust. Mixing up that now with the response that Cassidy gave last night about Dorothy of not having a great game needs to be better and Cotter at least trying to oppose his will. Like it just all adds up that Cotter is going to get the opening night nod unless something strange happens. Um, Brisson is expendable right now. I don't mean as far as his ability. I simply mean he has a two-way contract. He does not have to clear waivers. So there's no reason for the Golden Knights to rush anything with Brisson. There's going to be injuries. Something's going to happen. Mark Stone, if he plays 50 games, that's a good year, but that still leaves over 30 games right there for someone to fill the void. And there's a lot of other players that will suffer injuries. They'll have slow streaks. They'll want to see, you know, Brisson could be a good spark later down the line, but Cotter's got the inside track. Dorofiev is going to have the first opportunity after that, or if Cotter slows down. Coach Cassidy was very quick to healthy scratch uh, Paul Cotter last season in many occurrences. So don't be surprised if Cotter doesn't start hot in the first five, six, seven games you see Dorofia taking that spot potentially pretty quickly. Chris, we hearken back to that first uh, press conference that Bruce Cassidy had when he first arrived here in Las Vegas. And what did he talk about? Players having to pay their dues. <laughs> he just plays all those mind games, and they're doing that right now currently. But he I holds believe. true to it, though. He's holding yeah, true yeah. to it. Oh, yeah, no, without a doubt. And he, Cassidy's again, keeping those receipts, and he's at least – holding right. his players to accountability and holding himself to accountability on the things that he says. It's pretty interesting though, because yeah, that he played last season, you know, they got up there and they're both under, I think that that's the biggest slight though. They're both under contract. If you're Comtois going, uh, what do I need to do to make this team right now? Uh, but Comtois was, should be doing, but come, that's exactly what he should, he should be doing right now. And he's not right. Right. He's nuts. And Brisson is the new kid who, He's improved from last year, but he still needs to pay his dues, I think. The Golden Knights, the way Cassidy sees it. There's a reason that Brisson played back-to-back games with Jack Eichel. Brisson is going to be the first person that gets called up if, A, there's an injury, or, B, if the team is going through a scoring drought, and if, for some reason, that line of Barbashev, Eichel, and Marchessault is not clicking. Marchessault has been compared to other way around. Brisson has been compared to Marcheseau in the same type of game by Cassidy. So, you know, reading between the lines here, it's pretty clear what the Golden Knights are going to be doing and how they're going to open camp and what plan B, plan C, and even plan D is should plans A, B, and C not work. 
Yeah, it's never complete at the start of the season with Bruce Cassidy. We saw that a season ago. Could Cotter hold down that position if he does win that competition? Or do we still see the battle there? Uh, again, it'll shake out during the first month, two, what have you. Uh, will we see, again, that position, as Cassidy alluded to, by committee? But if Cotter continues to get those sort of minutes like he's getting in the preseason, does he eventually find that spot more permanently? Oh, no doubt. Now, I mean, Cotter, he fits the mold, right? He may not have the same scoring punch as Riley Smith. Maybe he will. I don't know. Um, I, I think Riley, excuse me, I think Paul Cotter might be a better pure scorer than Riley Smith, but Riley Smith is probably more responsible. So, you know, Paul Cotter might be better suited for a top six spot just based off of that. But Cotter brings an element of physicality to his game that also builds him as a line third winger who hopefully can play the right style of defensive game. But you got to remember when you're playing on the third and fourth line, you're going to be drawing the other team's top two lines a lot. So Cotter has to make sure to take care of, you know, take care of home first, play responsible on uh, the defending side of the blue line. If he does that, he'll get plenty of opportunities, and that is what separates Cotter and Dorofiev, I believe, the ability to play defense. Before we depart, I do have to give a shout-out to my nephew, Colin, who's in town today. He's a comedian. I gave him more material last night, so I appreciate him uh, just listening to me and he's working the circuit. Where's he working? So there's some comedy. There's uh, this uh, comedy festival downtown tonight. Uh, so he's he's somewhere, apparently. I'm going to try to get down there. And this is how close my family is, Chris. We often hear about your family. For once, I'm going to talk about mine. I get a text, and it says, hey, we're in town. Let's catch up. I'm here with Colin. Brian, a.k.a. your brother-in-law. Like, we haven't talked in about a decade. So awesome. your brother-in-law had to sign his name to, to the text? because He said your brother-in-law. Your, he's so not, he's not in your flip phone anymore? Got it. <laughs> so that I your knew phone doesn't save contacts. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I know back in the day we had to know numbers by heart because you couldn't store them. So I still remember some of my good friends' phone numbers, and I dial them rather than looking them up in the directory. Does, does your flip phone have a rotary dial on it, Tony? It does. It does. Yes. We awesome. appreciate everyone tuning in. I had to get one shout out in this year. Okay, uh, <laughs> make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We appreciate the everydayers. And for my man, Chris Golick, I am Tony Cardasco from Las, Las Vegas. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please. Locked on Golden Knights. We are starving podcasters. We'll see you again tomorrow right here on Locked on Golden Knights. Take care. <laughs>